Hello, Dr. Kaufman. Hello, thank you for having me. You're welcome. In her chapter in The Psychology of Creative Writing, titled The Personalities of Creative Writers, Jane Perto relates that William Styron considered his drinking a shield against depression. What is your take on that and and the use of mind-altering substances by writers? What's interesting is that there is clearly a research literature that supports that people believe that this connection exists. So if you look at studies where you interview teenagers and you ask them, why have you tried marijuana? One of the five reasons is, I want to enhance my creativity. Uh huh. And you find these results over again with, with alcohol, and you find that if you tell somebody that you're giving them marijuana or that you're giving them alcohol, um, they will believe that they are more creative. Very interesting. However, <laughs> <laughs> right. the actual research shows either no link or a negative link. So what they, what they found is that people who in, in uh, clinical studies were given mar- marijuana created products that were less creative than people who were given a, pl- a placebo. They did another study looking at habitual users and novice users, and they found that across all conditions, habitual users were generally less creative. So similar findings have been found with alcohol. So somebody like uh, William Styron being an example of a writer who's uh, engaged in years of drinking, as I understand it, is is more the exception than the proof of the myth. Yes, I mean... And certainly with William Styron, you have so many issues going on. You not right. only have the alcohol, but also his very severe depression, yeah. which is its own, obviously, its own beast. Sure. And it is possible there was an interaction between the alcohol and his depression that in some way helped him. But there's no way of arguing that it helped his creativity. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. Well, in your in your summary of the book, written with your co-editor Scott Barry Kaufman, mm-hmm. you note that uh, Grace is a Waitman, mm-hmm. and Jonathan Plucker uh, quote argue that if writers do not hold the genius myth stereotype, they may feel a greater control during the process of writing creatively. Could you expand on that on the genius myth idea? It's um, and, and and this idea is actually something that I've written about with Jonathan as well as with one of his students, uh, former students now, Professor Ronald uh, Baghetto. And the idea, the the central idea is that there are two ways of approaching creativity, and this isn't just for researchers. This is the way that people may conceive of it. One way is as what's called big C, and big C is genius. And this is, you think of creativity and you think of Mozart, you think of Shakespeare, you think of, you know, people like Paul Robeson or Toni Morrison or these these great people who will be remembered forever. Right. And there's a problem with that, which which is that, I mean, it's certainly not to say they weren't creative, but that if that's what you think of when you think about creativity, and if that is your model for, well, in order to be creative, you better be like Einstein, you know, and that, gosh, I want to be a creative writer, well, I'm going to hold myself up to Hemingway and Poe and Twain. Yeah, right. The problem is that if you you do that, 
you're going to fail. I mean, sure. <laughs> as as a playwright and 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 musical theater lyricist myself, when I start writing, I can't think in the back of my mind, "Gosh, I bet Sondheim would have done this better." Uh-huh. Well, of course he would have. Of course he would. Have. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's you know, I mean, if I'm working on a play, I can't think, you know, Tom Stoppard did this better in Arcadia. Well. Yes, uh-huh. but it, it doesn't devalue what you're doing. This material in an excerpt from a longer podcast. Follow link in description to learn more.